I love B-movies. I love the way they make me think, what the hell is this? That's crazy. Yet still draw me in so that I watch the whole thing. I really like that feeling and I like to bring a little of that kind of over-the-top flavor into my own manga. That was the initial idea that gave birth to volume 1 of this alchemy manga. Thank you for picking it up. As you read it, please criticize it by saying to yourself, what kind of alchemy is that? Hiromura Kawa, 2002. Welcome to a bonus episode of Full Metal Analysts, where free writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. Today, July 12, 2021, is a 20-year anniversary of Full Metal Alchemist, and to celebrate it, we are releasing a bonus episode covering the first volume of the Full Metal Alchemist manga. This is not going to be a regular thing. We don't have plans to cover the manga. I mean, we would love to, we just don't have the time, but we felt like, hey, 20 years of Full Metal Alchemist. What better way to celebrate it? We know you didn't ask for this, but here it is. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the podcast itself. <laughs> Before we begin, there's something we have to do first. Oh. And that is our improvised 21 second recap. Oh my God. Let's do it. But in yeah. this case, it's going to be 41 seconds. So usually in the podcast, Right before we start talking about the episode, we do a 21 second recap of what just happened in that episode. And the person who does it is decided by the roll of a dice. If he lands on one, it's me. If he lands on two, it's Mike. If he lands on three, it's Arthur. If he lands on four, we roll again. So let's roll the dice. Three. All right, I'm ready to go. I am ready to go. I think I said two is Mike, three is Arthur. Oh, no. go ahead, Arthur. Oh. All right, here. <laughs> here I go. You have 41 seconds to recap these four chapters. Three, two, one, and go. Ed and Al go to Lior, and uh, Father Cornell's, they, they, he dies. And then they go to uh, Yoki's town, and they trick him by with gold, but it's not real gold, and they buy his whole town and give it to a guy. Then they're on a train, and there's terrorists, and they fill a train car with water. Uh, then, uh, what happens next? Oh, no. Uh, the, then they get off the train and, and Mustang's there and he blows up a guy. Man. Oh, we get their backstory. The, they uh, killed their mom. <laughs> wow. Right on the dot. Right yeah. on the dot. They didn't kill their mom. Wait a second. They didn't kill their mom. <laughs> they didn't kill their mom. Well, they, they brought no, her back to life. They failed to bring of. their mom back. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like they killed their mom. We are coming at this from a very interesting perspective, which is the perspective of we've watched most of Brotherhood. There's like 12 episodes left when we're recording this. So we are kind of like watching the origins of the adaptation. And let me just say, this kicks Brotherhood's ass a thousand times. It's just much better told. There's no insane pilot that is there for no reason. <laughs> yes. Now is a perfect time. We have to address the weird, <laughs> weird pilot of Brotherhood. There's no reason for it to be there. Yeah. The Lior episode is a pilot. It has everything you need in a pilot. It introduces the characters and introduces the kind of adventures they get into. Like, oh, you committed the ultimate taboo. Oh, it reveals Al's head and Ed's body in like an interesting dynamic way, like in the middle of the action. It's like, oh, this feels exactly like a pilot. But then they let's do that all over again in a totally different way. Three times. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> Three times. The first page is them freaking out they're wounded they're destroyed and, and they're talking about pain and what things cost and it's like uh-huh you know what i mean like that's exactly where you need to start right and, and the first episode again is dealing with death and how rose wants to revive her lover boyfriend guy 
it's like oh, also, isn't, yeah, it's it Rose, isn't it rosé because she's got a little i think it's supposed to be rosé but i think so you too. just say rose <laughs> like in the the anime. okay yeah. you're right it introduces the information like piece by piece step by step in a way that absolutely makes sense and it totally flows it totally works i do think ed's a little i mean obviously that's just the character and and they do a really good job of like picking up the character right out of the manga and putting him in the anime because he is a sandy little butthole about atheism and stuff like that. In my opinion, he's a little, he's a little Richard Dawkins. You know what I mean? Like how stupid of you to assume that there's a God. I actually think it's nice that we don't see that much of their backstory right now. Like we see the essential part that they try to bring back their mom and it failed and they lost their bodies, but, but we, we don't, don't see. see I like that we don't see everything that it's off frame. Yeah. I love that because it's just creepy enough to be like, I know that's fucked up, but I really, I can't. We, we see don't it. see the mom. We don't see the mom. <laughs> but just a little, you see like an arm. Episode. No, not the mom body. We literally just don't see the mom oh, right. at yeah, all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, true, yeah. true. Or Winry. Like we don't see Winry in any of these four There's chapters. There's all in good time. All in good No, time. but I like that. I think <laughs> yeah. that's cool because the result is that it frames the Eric brothers as very much as these vagrants doesn't give them a home so from the beginning we know that like these people have no home so that when I assume when Rizembu and when Winry comes in it's kind of like a surprise for the reader like oh they actually have a place to go back to but I felt like they didn't and that kind of begins to unravel the the myth they've built for themselves it's cool because the theme of the trains which is like a visual theme in brotherhood has a little bit of a deeper meaning here because that is their home is basically on the train going from place to place they're always between places they don't really have a home speaking of the train i sure wish we could have seen um that episode <laughs> the reason why it wasn't on brotherhood is because oh three did it but oh three did it it's really fun so, so they were <laughs> like really oh we fun. can't do it for some reason oh, they could have done it maybe they i don't know seem to have done everything else in a vacuum I think Brotherhood did a really good job adapting the Lior episode. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I got reading the manga that I didn't get watching the show is like this radio beat. I always thought the radio beat of them repairing the radio was like, oh, look what they can do with alchemy. It's just to show you that. But also it's to show you that Father Cornello uses the radio to address the town and everyone's like religiously listening to it, which is then brought back when they lure Father Cornello to the place where he broadcasts from. Oh, I thought the same thing. I, I had right. the same issue because it was like, we always make fun of that and being like, we should retire the jersey, you know, of like that, of that right. trope. But it actually does work if that's his system. Like if that's how he's been hypnotizing the entire population. And then he on that broadcast, like if Tucker Carlson, <laughs> for example, went on Fox News hot mic and was like, these idiots, can you believe that they listen to me? I'm a rich bastard who doesn't care about anything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. And it's like, that might work. That might kill him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So We kind of are getting a little bit of a slanted view of these four chapters because, again, we're coming from the perspective of we've seen Brotherhood and we want to see the original source material. But also it's because Brotherhood has become this sort of like de facto image of like what a perfect adaptation is and mm. something we've been doing on the podcast as a whole is kind of breaking down how that's not exactly true and to me there's no better example than chapter three which is the use well arc this whole chapter does not exist in this form it is instead delivered as a flashback <laughs> by loki 
10 or 15 episodes after he was first introduced as already having been dethroned by the Eric brothers. Yoki. Yoki. Did I say Loki? Yes. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Sorry. Now on Disney Plus. The Usol chapter really works to like introduce what other people think of alchemists, mm-hmm. which is something that's very important, you know? The people in Usewell don't really have a problem with alchemy. They have a problem with the military. It also shows that Ed's not a dog of the military. Like they, they say he is, but he goes against it. You know what I mean? That he's a contradiction because he's part of this thing that everyone hates, but he personally wants justice and he made it okay. You know, he fixed the problem. It also kind of shows Ed as a dick, doesn't it? He's a little annoying sometimes, you know, I, I just feel like more so. I mean, he just says some weird things. I just want to go back one more time to his logic in Lior. I really want to know how you guys parse this out, because to me, I just don't understand what he's trying to say when he talks about what a human being is made of. And then he says, it's like there's some sort of missing ingredient. What could it be? Hmm. And then he follows that up with, and that's why there's no such thing as anything other than what we know or something. And it just, that doesn't make any sense. It's like he's admitting yeah. that there is something he doesn't know. I, that there there is... are a few times where I found Ed's character to be a little more stupid or, yes. or like talking nonsense kind of in, in the manga, manga, <laughs> uh, in the manga. We're going to do, do that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> if there's one thing that Brotherhood did well, it's that. Ed's character is a little bit more consistent and a little bit more likable and a little bit more of like, oh, he's a scamp with a tragic backstory. Right. And in (laughs) the manga, he's like, this guy kind of sucks, you know, (laughs) maybe setting up a bigger journey for him to take into a guy who sucks less. But right. Yeah. I like that whole, you know, well, what do I believe in now moment? And it's like, I don't know. You figure it out. You got legs. I thought that was good. That was in the show, too. It was. I think it worked. It's just, there's Mm -hmm. so many parts of his argument that have these giant holes in them. You know what I mean? That just don't make sense. Like, if I were Ed, there's one thing I would maybe think is possible, and that is that maybe there's some kind of divinity in the world (laughs) at this point. (laughs) After I've I've traveled through the door of understanding. If I met God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think I might have some kind of, like, humility here. You know what I mean? I don't think I'd be so like flippantly like yeah no i get it no there's no there's nothing i think brotherhood sands down ed's edges a little bit and as a result i feel like his character arc at some points does get a little bit lost because of how many edges have been sanded down here you can definitely tell that it's like all right this is gonna be like a journey we're gonna follow this guy for maybe a hundred chapters and we're gonna see him grow into a different person by the end of it okay but that's my question my question is are those holes intentional holes she says she had sort of a plan but she also admits that that plan changed as she was writing the whole story totally if it's not intentional she did a really good job of making it seem like it was no but i mean like when she was designing this character did she intend to have a character that was openly atheist and super haughty about it and stuff like that but knew that that she was going to be writing a story about souls being used. She doesn't exactly say, but funny enough, in 2011, she published this uh, prototype of Fumal Alchemist. So she published a chapter. There's like minor details, like Lior is called Croatol. It's not Father Cornello. It's this guy called Major Arzen. Instead of there being a religious aspect, it's more of a government aspect. Like Rose is kind of like, if people do crimes, they should be punished by the government. But the whole story is essentially the same in that 
the part where it diverges is that Major Arzen is like, Edward, I want you to make me an immortal body and gives Edward a Philosopher's Stone to do it. Edward actually does it. He makes this like weird stone that Arzen eats and then he becomes an immortal perfect body. But then Edward reveals at the end that he actually mixed in a single screw into that little stone. And so Arzen turns into a steel statue like Midas style. Yeah. I a whole feel different like, thing. A whole different thing. Yeah. It does feel different, though. I'm glad you're telling me this because, like, I could tell in the show a little bit, but in the manga, you can tell so much more that, like, this was not complete. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't care. But, like, you can tell that she must have changed some of the ways that she thought about things going forward. You know what I mean? Like, she changed the rules a little bit. Like, she got them pretty consistent by the end, I think. But in the beginning, Philosopher's Stones it doesn't quite add up to what they are later, in my opinion. I think this is actually a perfect segue into the quote that Michelle read at the beginning. FMA as a B-movie. Right. What we're doing right now is like, wait, what are the rules? What? Wait. <laughs> like, that's kind of exactly what she intended. Yeah, and here we are. What like, that trying to, that's, We're trying, we to, are, figure trying to figure it out. And yeah. it, it is just like a B-movie where you're like, that didn't make sense, but I kind of had fun along the way fma transforms into something that is considered kind of the opposite of a b anime it is like the premium triple a anime that everyone loves and that is like very high quality but it's interesting that it had these like b movie origins you know they present a hard magic system but they treat it whenever they need to as a soft magic system, I think is what it is. I think because we all we had this debate earlier on whether it was hard or soft, because my earliest opinion was that it was pretty soft. And people were like, what are you talking about? I remember this argument because Sarah was like, no, it is kind of that. It has those moments where it's just like, well, it has to feel right. You know what I mean? Like, so you just don't even <laughs> worry about the rules. It just doesn't this feel correct? And it does, but you're like, can I see how you got that answer? <laughs> uh, show your work. <laughs> you know what I mean? They do justify everything, even if they do a few backflips and cartwheels to right. do it. It's not always the most elegant, <laughs> but they put in the effort to make a logical reason, even if you raise your eyebrow a little bit. By the way, Mike, so you know the scene in the train, the whole chapter in the train, you know the guy who gets shot in the ear? Yes. What happened to him? He's the guy who tells the Fuhrer later that Mustang was going to try to do a coup in Central City. Mother Clucker. Does he have a bullet hole in his ear? In yeah, the... in the manga he does, but uh, in the anime huh. he doesn't because they cut out this whole part. Huh. That's really, really interesting. I'm really, that really They bring him back? Yeah. No, not just that, but it's just how detailed the world can be and how everyone there has something that's going on in their lives and you can see it all come together. When you see Colonel Mustang in this thing and, you know, just having the benefit of having watched so much of Brotherhood, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like so exciting because you know what's going on here. And he's so cool. Yeah. And that last panel where it's like, hey, next issue is just going to be about Colonel Mustang. <laughs> like... Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, those like joke panels at the end. That's fun. That actually reminds me of something I wanted to say, which is I think the balance of comedy and drama is much better in the manga than Brotherhood. I agree. And I think I know why. It's because when you're reading this, you have a bunch of serious panels and then you have one panel when somebody's making a funny face and everything else is serious. You know, you can kind of dictate the pace. It doesn't feel like the whole thing is careening to a halt just for a joke. Whereas a lot of the jokes in Brotherhood, they make they work really well as manga jokes, but in an anime, everything's just gonna go like, eh, 
You gotta it, make a joke here. There are some tonally weird moments when they're talking about like dark shit, and then all of a sudden someone's like, "Woo hoo!" <laughs> you know. <and> like, <laughs> Honestly, I was reading this and I was like, "I want to see O three. I'm excited for a slowed down beginning of the show where we get all these episodes. I love yeah. this. I love this. There's just this sort of wandering around, like learning about the world. Like it's like like when you first start playing Skyrim and you're not sure where to go. Absolutely, <laughs> you know? that's the vibe. Like, we just had Ashley McDonald on Twitter say that her preferred watch is watching the beginning of 03 and then switching to Brotherhood when 03 diverges too much. Dang. Uh, I, I, I so, disagree, but I have to hold my thoughts because we're doing, we're actually doing we're, 03. We're going to do 03, uh, but I'm, I'm very interested in investigating that. That is really interesting. That's a cool idea. I wanted to bring up their backstory and how in Brotherhood it is one concentrated episode and how in the manga it is distributed over a long period of time. Yeah, I like that. We had an episode where we had the equivalent exchange podcast that hosts as guests. And they told us that in the manga, you only really get the full backstory after they meet up with teacher because it's them telling teacher what they did. And I think that's cool as shit because it's a payoff to a question that's planted at the end of chapter one, which is what in the world happened to these kids? I mean, I can see why this show panicked and did three pilots actually after reading this you know what i mean because i think the first pilot has less to do with creating the shonen like yeah don't worry there's a lot of action here i think it had less to do with that i mean i'm sure that factored into it but the biggest reason they did it was to try and introduce the idea that the state is evil early on i think mm. i think it was for people who already knew where everything was going this is just a theory i don't know if this is true but for Brotherhood, they were trying to assure people who had already watched the O3 that, look, we're going to take this in a different direction. And I think that's what the pilot is all about. That's what the pilot mm. is trying to say. I think that's pretty insightful. It was a don't worry, we're not. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. It's a totally different thing now. <laughs> all right, folks, that was our conversation about the first volume of the Full Metal Alchemist manga. It was a delight to talk about this, but as we said before, this is not a podcast about the manga. This is a podcast about Brotherhood and in the future, O3. If you have never listened to our show before and are interested in listening to an episode, here are some recommendations. If you've never seen Brotherhood, we do recommend you start off with episode one. We have designed the podcast to be a great watch-along companion. Each episode is about 25 minutes, 25 to 30 minutes, so you'll never take more time to listen to our podcast than you did to listen to the episode. If you have seen Brotherhood before, but would like to start off from the beginning, but not really the beginning, beginning, then we definitely recommend you start off on season two, episode 16, Footsteps of a Comrade in Arms with Kurt Schiller from Parents Just Don't Understand podcast. If you are interested in some analysis to see what we do best, then we definitely recommend episode 40, The Little Man in the Flask with Carlo Yeager Rodriguez, where we analyze the backstory of the entire show. That is my favorite episode, maybe. <laughs> that, that we did? <laughs> yeah, we, like our episode. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that stupid FMA episode us. <laughs> but of course, if you want to figure out which episode you want to listen to by yourself, then definitely find us on the internet. We have had many, many different exciting guests. We've had voice actors like David Arrigo Jr. and Adam MacArthur. We've had artists like Steve Yurko. We've had other podcasts like The Spirit Hunters, Equivalent Exchange, Friends of the Show like Camilla Franklin, Mitozi Rapelli, and Karna Warrior. We even had an MMA fighter, so DQ Yusuf, on an episode. So the guests are great, and we are finalizing our final batch of guests and there are some people here who are going to rock your socks off so please check us out on the internet just look for us full metal analysts 
wherever you find your podcasts. I am a lion. <laughs> and you're going to get that joke if you do that. <laughs> I am part lion. Other than that, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's twitter.com slash FM, the word analysts. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram, at Camillastrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you can listen to extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, and you can find all of that by going to patreon.com slash fmanalysts. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, happy birthday, FMA. Woo! Woo! 20 years. Yay, yay, yay. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. You can drive a car now. My wife. Right? You can drive a car, right? <laughs> you can drive yeah. a car at 16, uh, really. Go. Yeah. But you can't drink? Learn until you're 21. 21, yeah. That's bullshit. I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs>